0: it's time for this week in the big east a comprehensive look at the teams coaches players and the story tradition of the big east conference here are your hosts longtime conference play-by-play announcer john rook and big east
1: author and sports writer kevin mcnamara Welcome to This Week in the Big East. It's our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and all the stories from the schools inside the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook alongside with Kevin McNamara, Episode 9 for 2021. And the more things change in our world, the more time passes. Invariably, the more things stay the same inside Big East basketball. The competition is fierce. The middle of the pack is dangerous. The bottom of the barrel is more than capable of rising to the top at any given moment. And Villanova will win the regular season Big East title. Okay, maybe the last one is a bit presumptuous, but they did do it again. They're seventh in eight years with a Wednesday night home win over Creighton to claim another crown and a top seed for next week's tournament. But Kevin, this time, that win may have come at a very large cost.
2: Really difficult situation, John. You know, I, I didn't catch the start of the Creighton-Villanova game when I turned it on. Colin Gillespie was already on the sideline after injuring his knee. And uh, when you see Jay Wright after the game saying, the trainer says it looks pretty serious and that there was no chance of him returning, I think everyone is really interested. Well, everyone's really afraid in Villanova right now. And i curious if Colin Gillespie has played his last game as a Wildcat. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed on all fronts right now. As we head into
1: the final weekend of the regular season, this much is known. The final standings are not yet set. So let's play through with this week's Big East headlines. Villanova wins the regular season crown. With a 72 to 60 win over Creighton. Wildcats were ranked 10th in the AP Top 25 this week. Creighton, ranked 14th by the AP, has the two seed for the Big East tournament. UConn received votes in the poll at the beginning of the week and has moved up to the number three seed for MSG. Nine Big East teams this week rank at the top 84 of the Ken Palm. Nine are also rated in the top 91 of the net. The big story to come from Villanova's title-clinching win over Creighton was, of course, senior guard Colin Gillespie's left knee injury late in the first half during senior night. At this moment, there is no direct prognosis for his recovery or his return, but head coach Jay Wright said after the game, it was serious. The top three spots in next week's Big East tournament are clinched and the 11 seed is settled. The rest of it depends on what happens this weekend. Suffice to say, as per the norm, it will go down to the final game of the regular season before all is set for next week. (laughs) Off-court news made its way from Omaha, where Blue Jays head coach Greg McDermott was quick to apologize for an insensitive comment he made inside his locker room. McDermott told his radio network he even offered to resign his position against his players' wishes. As yet, no disciplinary action against McDermott has been made by Creighton or made public. Quietly, and some might say sneakily, UConn is arguably the hottest team in the league of late, clinching the number three seed of the tournament with a win at Seton Hall on Wednesday night. And while the Huskies are rising, the Pirates are slipping. St. John's might not yet be dead. Xavier remains on postseason's precipice. Providence continues its roller coaster ride. Georgetown, Butler, Marquette, even DePaul all appear capable, Kevin, of pulling off a major surprise. That is a lot on the plate as the regular season begins to wrap up.
2: Well, John, we'll start with the last one. With the exception of we know that Villanova is big time, and yet their leader is hurt. That, that means that opens up the Big East tournament wide open for really everyone. And the hottest team in the league clearly is UConn. John, With without James Booknight, UConn has only lost twice this season. I think I've said it on the show before. UConn not only should be in the NCAA tournament – I think they're a four-five-six team as far as ability. I'm curious what, what you think about that, John. Well, first of all, I'm going to agree with you. The fact that you pointed out already
1: that they've only lost twice with Booknight in the lineup speaks volumes for what his presence means to the other players on that floor. James Booknight appears to have the the rare ability, especially for college players, Kevin, that makes his teammates better. And they are a different team with him on the floor. So as long as he's healthy and able to play, UConn is very dangerous, not just for the Big East title next week, but perhaps when March Madness gets rolls around. I'm right there with you. My major concern right now is what's going to happen to Seton Hall and, and Xavier in particular. They've been two teams that have been right there in the mix for NCAA
2: tournament time, and they're stumbling at the most inopportune moment. Well, Xavier studied the ship with that, with that win over Creighton. That was absolutely vital because Xavier was clearly slipping, but I'm with you, Xavier Seton hall. And you know, I wouldn't rule out St. John's. I think St. John's probably does need to win the big East tournament to get in the NCAAs. If they can get Pasha Alexander back and, and he does have a wrist injury that could keep him out for some of the big East tournament. I think St. John's on its quote home court that they haven't played on yet. This year, the garden is dangerous especially if they allow some fans and family
1: into the, uh, into the arena, which is going to be the case. Of course.
2: I also want to comment on the Greg McDermott situation just a bit. We've dealt with coach McDermott on this show and, and in our jobs covering the league for more than a decade. I think like everyone else in the big East, we're very surprised at what happened. There's no two ways about it. We're also not surprised that coach McDermott is clearly very remorseful. As you mentioned Look to resign. His his team said they want him to coach them the rest of the way. Right. I think it's a developing situation at Creighton, and and will be uh, unfortunately under the spotlight not only in the Big East tournament but in the NCAA tournament.
1: Hundred percent with you on that one. We do know Coach McDermott's you know character and that of the uh, the Creighton basketball family as well. So uh, we'll hope for good things to come out of that. As always, we do thank our Westwood One affiliate stations this season for tuning in. Thanks for catching us on Sirius XM. If you're listening to the podcast, hope you take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us. You can find us on Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Castro, CastBox, Podfriend this season. And for more on the podcast, visit our website. It's twitby.buzzsprout.com. You can also always listen online, westwoodonesports.com. BigEast.com. Inside episode nine this week, we'll get insight from a longtime writer covering the Big East and the Villanova Wildcats and where this version of the Cats can possibly finish, even with a big thorn in their paw right now. As Dick Hoops Weiss will join us. Next week is the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, but will it really seem like it? Few friends and family, as we said, will make it into the building, and it is the job of Commissioner Val Ackerman to oversee this process of continuing history in the midst of a pandemic. Val also joins us coming up. And on the floor, an up-and-down team that has a ton of talent is hoping to put themselves in position for major March surprises. What can Steve Wojciechowski expect out of his Golden Eagles? Wojo joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight.
0: Big East spotlight
1: Dawson Garcia has not been below his the freshman has been terrific last seconds will tick off and a terrific performance by Marquette out of the Big East coming on the road and beating North Carolina There has never been any doubt about the talent on the floor at Marquette this season. From dynamic freshman big man Dawson Garcia to athletic guard DJ Carton and a senior mainstay tough guy and a guy like Kobe McEwen, the Golden Eagles have some solid pieces to their puzzle. But is there still enough time to put this together for a postseason picture frame? Head coach Steve Wojciechowski joins us this week in the Big East. Uh, Coach, we've seen the challenges you've had this season in trying to mix all of this together. Where's the inconsistency come from and your ideas and your thoughts here and where can improvements still happen for this year
3: well we do believe improvements can still happen our, our group has had um, a lot of interruptions and not necessarily with COVID more so with injuries right uh, but right now I think our guys are feeling pretty good We're excited about the stretch run and the opportunity still in front of us
2: uh, Coach, uh, just dig down a little bit on the progression of Dawson Garcia. Obviously came in with an awful lot of hype, has shown that he can be a really a marquee college player. Uh, is he the type that can turn a switch and be a dominant player here with only maybe, you know obviously a few more chances potentially left in a season?
3: Well, Dawson's had a great year, you know, in, in my opinion, I think he's been the best freshman in the Big East. We've relied on him very heavily from the start, and he's delivered. Um you know, you use the word dominate. Dominating freshmen uh, don't normally go hand <laughs> in hand, right but if if anybody can, I think Dawson is capable of having performances where he wills us to win.
1: you know i I when I look at Dawson out on the floor coach and I see a guy who can run, he can block shots, he can post up, he can shoot. What can't he do that you're trying to get him to improve on on a daily basis that will turn him into that elite player you, know, you hope that he will be?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure there's anything that he can't do on the floor. It's just a matter of gaining the experience and learning how to get it done uh, because the competition that we're going up against, and not to mention the fact that he's at the top of most teams' scouting report, right, make it difficult to do. But in terms of his ability as a player, he's got uh, incredible ability. He's got a great work ethic. He's very competitive and has already shown significant flashes of how good a player he can be.
2: Steve, I'm curious. Uh, I know that you've told this story before, but how the game at North Carolina came about and what the benefits you took from that experience, because it certainly was a positive one.
3: Well, it's... it's No surprise to any of us that this year has been a most unusual year. You know, we had a a game in our pocket from the preseason non-conference schedule. And when we had a 10 day break in our big East schedule, you know, I wanted to do everything possible to give our guys a chance to play in as many college games uh, as we could. And when we had that, break my feeling was let's play the best possible team that will schedule us even if that means going on the road again uh which it did and so you know for us the north carolina game was a no-lose situation get to compete against an outstanding team hall of fame coach in a historic building why not give our guys in this unusual year an experience that they'll
2: remember when they're my age how much has it helped your team in, in the subsequent games?
3: Well, I think we've played well. You know, we've won three out of four. Um, you know, I think it gave our guys a, a shot in the arm and a lot of confidence. I think it's, all in all, been a very positive um, experience for our guys.
1: All being said, though, you'd probably rather not have to deal with scheduling issues in
3: February, would you? Well, you, you wouldn't, <laughs> but this year is... You know, you wouldn't choose anything right. that has uh, <laughs> resulted from this year. So, absolutely, um, you you have to stay nimble. You have to adjust, and when opportunities are in front of you, like the North Carolina game, sure. I think you have to try to seize on them
1: like the way that you turn the negative into a positive, Coach. Coach Steve Wojciechowski, Marquette, joining us this week in the Big East. I want to ask you about D.J. Carton as well, because he certainly seemed to have a pretty good uh, career for himself, started off at Ohio State, and then he came into your program. At times, he can be a dominant player on the floor uh, when he handles the ball, when he distributes, when he tries to direct traffic, when he tries to make others better. Do I have the right sense when I say that that could be DJ's, you know, uh, basically
3: best attribute, that he can make others better when he asserts himself? There's no question when DJ's at his best, we're a better basketball team. You know, he brings a lot of different things to the table, most noticeably his athleticism. I mean, he's had some spectacular plays. But when he's creating for his teammates and he's putting pressure on the defense with his ability to drive, you know, our team goes up to a much different level.
2: Steve, I'm curious what you see in the Big East tournament. Uh, Looking forward, I know you have one regular season game left, but at this point for so many Big East teams, it's it's how do we get hot and potentially go on a run next week in New York? Where do you think your team could fit in there? Yeah, I I
3: think anything can happen in the Big East tournament, and I think our regular season was a reflection of that. You know, obviously, some teams have been consistently better, and that's the excitement of playing in a tournament at the end of the season. It it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily the team that's been the best over the long haul, it's the team that's going to be the best that night. And I think that's going to be very exciting for all the teams in the Big East.
1: Well, while we kind of you know think along those same lines, it certainly seems like everybody has had a, at least a fair chance to beat up on everybody else. I mean, you've had a good look at everybody else this year. Who's impressed you from around the league? I know you're worried about your own team, but I know there have to be some coaches, some players, some games that have caught your attention. Like, wow, I wasn't sure they were capable of that.
3: Well, I think there's been a number of them, uh, you know, throughout the season, and we've probably been a part of that if you flip that question to other coaches. Sure. Uh, But there's been, you know, a number of results that you look at and say, wow, that's a heck of a win or that's a surprising loss for a program. But that's Big East basketball. You know, every night is a is a rock fight. I think our league has been underappreciated this year. I hope our win at North Carolina has opened some people's eyes to that. Uh, And it's we're heading into a, a wild Big East tournament, which should be exciting for the programs and the fans.
2: Uh, Coach, I'm in total agreement with that. And it's interesting. You look at some of these, you know, brackets, which are very fluid right now. And you see as few as three Big East teams and as, as many as five or six. I'm sure you think that there should be more than three Big East teams in the NCAA tournament.
3: Well, no, our league has five or six NCAA caliber teams. I don't think there's any question about that. Um You know, one of the things I think hurt our league was, you know, not not everybody had a a non-conference slate that normally allows us to build up equity. Mm -hmm. And so when you get into conference year after year, teams beat up on each other. And I don't think that's any different. But our league is is very strong. And I would put it up against most any other league in the country.
1: Marquette head coach Steve Wojciechowski. Next up who's hot and our blast from the past is tournament time knocks on our door next this week in the big east coming up who's hot this week
0: in the big east Who's hot? Moore, catch and shoot, three, and he got it. He hasn't missed the floor yet tonight, seven for seven. He's got 19. Knight starts right on the drive, goes all the way to basket, trying to scoop it, Obionju blocks it, and Whaley got it back, and he baked it in, and UConn has the lead. Got his man in the air, shot up, good, of the foul. Justin Moore with a big opportunity and a three-point play. The game's leading scorer may have just given Bill over the breathing room they need.
1: Welcome back to this week in the Big East. John Rook with Kevin McNamara, who is hot this week. We have to start with the Connecticut Huskies, Kevin, as we talked about at the top of the program. But of those Connecticut Huskies, R.J. Cole was named the Big East player of the week this past week. 19 points, four rebounds, five assists, and a perfect week for the Huskies. He's picked up the slack whenever James... Booknight has not had it. And then RJ Cole, it's just, he's like a little, he's like an energizer bunny is the way that I kind of look at him when he comes out on the floor and he
2: really juices that entire Husky lineup. Well, one of the more improved players in the league, clearly, John, Cole was a big score at Howard, you know, came as a transfer, a Jersey kid who always wanted to play at UConn. And it took him a while. Uh, transfers, they can take a while. Right now, you could make a case that With Cole and Booknight and Tyrese Martin, Connecticut has the best collection of perimeter players in the league. And again, it's going to be a group that no one wants to deal with in the NCAA tournament.
1: I would agree with that when you throw Tyrese Martin in there, who we had on the program earlier this year. Uh, That's a solid backcourt right now that is very tough to defend. Big East freshman of the week. We've mentioned him a couple of times already, and while we've talked about some super freshmen on a couple of other teams, Chuck Harris and Butler probably (laughs) probably deserves to be in this conversation. Perfect week for the Bulldogs, 17 points, five-and-a-half rebounds, four-and-a-half assists, and shot 50% from the field.
2: You know, John, I flipped through a lot of NBA draft, you know, stuff looking at, at potential college guys. Chuck Harris is the Big East freshman who is on the radar for NBA guys. They like his length. They like his three point shooting ability. Clearly a star on the rise uh, out in Indianapolis. On the Big East
1: honor roll, yeah, James Booknight from UConn is there. He averaged 22 points per game in that perfect week for the Huskies. Kevin, as we talked about, Marcus Zagorowski of Creighton, 14 points, seven assists for the Blue Jays. Dawson Garcia, one of those fabulous freshmen we've talked about. He averaged 21 points and and 9.5 rebounds in two games in the past week. David Duke from Providence. Almost had a triple double and a big win for the Friars over Xavier last week. And speaking of Xavier, Paul Scruggs, as a senior, he's tried to pick up his Musketeers literally by himself. 22 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, and four assists
2: in a one in one week for the Muskies. You know, I want to follow up on Paul Scruggs a little bit there. Uh, super start of the season. And then Zach Fremantle was clearly the leader at Xavier. Scruggs has really played well in the last two weeks, John. He's going to have to play well to get the Musketeers into the NCAA tournament. He was very good against Creighton in an important win. Then Xavier, who's been up and down, loses at Georgetown. They have a monstrous game at Marquette to wrap up the regular season on Saturday. Must win for Xavier there, and they probably need to go to New York and do a little damage as well. Our blast for the past isn't from that long ago. McDermott
0: gets a screen for 3,000! He has done it. History has been made in Omaha, Nebraska. But this place is going
2: crazy. He's got 3,001, 70 to 48, and a timeout. Great Blue Jays. Grant Gibbs
0: says, give it to a man. Coach Mack applauds. And in the words of Jack Buck, pardon me while I stand and applaud. As father, hugs son.
1: It was this week, March 8th of 2014, when Creighton's All-American Doug McDermott scored a career-high 45 points on senior night, becoming just the eighth player to go over the 3,000 point mark in a college career, scoring as the Blue Jays beat Providence 88-73. Dougie McBuckets went on to win the Biggie's Player of the Year and National Player of the Year award just a few weeks later. The Friars, however, would get their revenge in seven days' time. They beat McDermott and the Blue Jays for the Big East tournament title. But Dougie McBuckets, Kev, I mean, he only spent one year in the Big East after Creighton joined the league, but he was spectacular to watch.
2: We'll remember him forever. Creighton fans certainly will. And, John, he added not only some cachet to Creighton's program as soon as they entered the league, but to the Big East as a whole. When you have a National Player of the Year candidate and a National Player of the Year winner – It just it brought the Blue Jays in on a high, and really they haven't stopped yet. They're really a welcomed top tier Big East program. Can we also mention, Kevin, at this moment, that
1: it really helped the Big East in its uh, shall we say relative infancy of the new structure? It helped give it legitimacy throughout the country. I think.
2: Oh, there's no question because you know they come in. You know Xavier had had some really good NCAA tournament success so I think everyone knew Xavier was going to be pretty good Creighton they were like well you know Missouri Valley not quite sure no no be sure if they bring in players like Doug McDermott and some of the other really good players on that team and going forward everyone knows that Creighton is a true national program I think we've seen that with Creighton we've seen that with Xavier we've seen that with Butler as
1: well and obviously we're seeing it now as UConn has rejoined the league to make it 11 strong Well, the next edition of the Big East Championship will be conducted next week in New York, and it is safe to say it will be a tournament like no other. But can the Big East pull it off successfully, keeping the show intact for all the teams, the players, and the fans, even if from afar? Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman provides us with the details on this Broadway reopening next. This week in the Big East. Coming up next, the
0: Big East Focus. Big East focus. The lob to Mamakilishvili off the glass, and that's it. The Villanova Wildcats are once again Big
1: East tournament champions. Their third straight Big East tourney title. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. So much has changed in the sports world over the course of the past calendar year, as we know, and as we strive to get back to what we once knew, our guests are charged with trying to do it within the big east as fairly as safely and as equitably as can be done for all schools their students their student athletes and the fans big East commissioner val ackerman joins us this week in the big east Val how many times have you stopped for just a moment at some point over the last calendar year and thought to yourself am i doing the right thing for all of us here
4: uh well i don't I don't think uh, any commissioner john hasn't hasn't done that um, over the ca- course of the last 10 months for, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. well, you know, We're in unchartered territory, have been now for almost a year. Um, I, I think everybody in a decision-making position is trying very hard to make the right decision, to make a good decision, to decide when they need to decide what makes sense for, um, for our schools um, who are operating in different jurisdictions and to your point, uh, always keeping the uh, health and the safety and the well-being of the participants, be they student athletes, be they coaches, other members of um, our programs, um, as safe as possible during these extraordinary circumstances. So the good news for us, to your question, is we've been um, aided by the Council of Doctors at every turn. Um, we have team physicians who've become COVID specialists. We've had um Outside experts who we've been involved in uh, in committees that we've formed, and we've actually been very aligned within the Big East about um, the measures that we need to undertake to uh, to pull off a basketball season and and you know in short order we've been moving into our spring sports as well. So, to be honest, I feel like we've done everything um, in as safe a manner as we possibly could. And our hope is that um, as it relates to basketball, that we're going to be able to end the season on a, on a much better note than we did last year.
2: All right, Val. Now, I don't know if you can come up with an answer for this because it's probably a multiple uh, successful answers. Who's had the toughest job in, in your world, your office, your, is it, is it the ADs? Is it the schedule maker? Is it the doctors who ultimately make, you know, uh, they kind of paint the path for you guys to follow. I, I'm sure it, it's been a challenge almost on a daily basis for for everybody.
4: Yeah, no question, Kevin. I mean, it's every every day. Um, could could be a development could bring a new development that will affect um, whether a game can be played. Um, that you know will affect someone's you know future in terms of whether they um, have to isolate or quarantine. There's been a mental health toll, uh, certainly on, on everybody involved. But the answer to questions, all, all of the above. The ADs have been on the front lines. Um, in basketball, um, our, our schedule makers, Stu Jackson and, and Mike Coyne on the men's side, Tracy Ellis Ward on the women's side, have been in basically an overdrive reacting to disruptions. Um, we've had to, of course, manage game changes with Fox, our broadcast partner, Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been really accommodating. So we're grateful for that. Um, and, but I, I would say, you know, the doctors and trainers are the heroes here for us. I mean, they, they're on the front lines with healthcare generally, and they've had to wear a couple of hats now because not only are they dealing with the normal student athlete type injuries, um, sport injuries, non COVID injuries, if you will, but they've also had to, um, learn how to manage testing and, um, you know, and all the responses that have to be undertaken if you do get that positive. So, um, you know, our hats go off to them. I tell them every time we have a call with our doctors and trainers, I thank them because, uh, again, I think they have borne the brunt of it. And fortunately we have very responsible people at the helm in those jobs in our league, they want to do the right thing by their, uh, by their athletes and, and their other, um, you know, participants in our programs. So, you know, I, I, I think we've made the right decisions along the way, and it's it's really because of their efforts.
1: Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman joining us this week in the Big East. Okay, on to next week, then. Um, I know everybody's excited, probably a little cautiously excited with, uh, you know, trying to actually get the games underway and, and completed, as you suggested earlier, what kind of precautions are being taken? What can you share with us about fans in the building? What will next week look like for people to look forward to?
4: Well, it'll be a very different uh, tournament, um, John. For for than you know, our both our participants and our fans um, are accustomed to. On the uh, on the team front, um, usually our teams scatter around the city. They all have their preferred hotels. That they stay in, that won't be the case this year. We're going to put everybody in a single location um, and in effect create a controlled environment for all of our travel parties. Um, each will have its own floor in that property. Um, it'll be a very secure um, situation with the, the access and really limited access to the hotel with how meals are going to be delivered, how we're going to manage um, ground transportation um, to the garden um, and then importantly, we'll be testing all of our participants every day through a lab and medical personnel that we have specially engaged for this purpose. Um, as it relates to the garden, um, the good news is there, there is that they've been operational for, for some weeks with the Knicks and the Rangers. Um, so they know what to do. They know how to um, set up the building. We'll be using a, a, a layout similar to what the Knicks have been using. And then the sanitization procedures that have to be followed, you know, will be at the highest level, um, which is which is important. Um, as it relates to spectators, you know, I guess what I, I would tell you is we, you know, we will um, looks like we will be announcing um, a, a limited spectator policy, which will allow families and, and friends um, of uh, of our travel parties, those closest to the participants. To be able to come and, and watch their their sons or their you know their um, their spouses in the case of our coaches, um, you know play in the Big East tournament. Um, we are in constant communication with New York State, importantly, and city officials about how all those pieces are going to fit together. And again, it'll be a Big East tournament like no other because we haven't ever had to manage around a pandemic before. But the good news is we think all of this can be safely executed. You know, other conferences, uh, you know, like the Big East who are doing their tournaments uh, also next week are are really in a similar position and and going through a similar exercise with their planning. So we're not alone. Um, But, you know, once all that's taken care of, it's our hope that we will have as competitive a tournament as we've ever had and that we will, uh, again, unlike last year, be able to crown a, a Big East tournament champion this time.
2: Well, could you follow up with the garden? I, can't, I can only imagine the conversations with your partners there and how willing they were to do this. You know, they didn't, I shouldn't say didn't have to do this. You know, you have a contract with them, but I'm sure the contract is uh, going to be in a very different form financially this year with without sellout crowds. But more importantly, they clearly wanted to host you. Is that correct?
4: Oh, absolutely, Kevin. I mean, this, uh, I think if you were to ask the garden uh, how important this event is To them, I think they would tell you it's as important to them as it is to us. As you know, we're in our 38th year in counting the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Um, We we think of it as one of the uh, best events in college sports. Certainly, the best of its kind as it relates to college basketball. Um, An important event for the city um, annually. Um, You know, our our regret is that it won't be open to fans, Big East fans, and the way it normally is. But um, you know. The fact that we can play it is a, is a huge victory this time around. And, you know, we will look forward to uh, opening this back up next year in the way we're accustomed to, uh, including with the Yukon Husky fans that we know will uh, support this event in large numbers. Mm -hmm. And I know next year we'll be back to a full house, um, uh, you know, fittingly, but, uh, but this year, as I said, you know, it'll be a different event, but uh, nonetheless, uh, our fans will be able to watch it on television And again, the garden is really uh, knocking themselves out to make sure that they uh, do what they're uh, supposed to do in order to help us abide by the health and safety protocols that are required.
1: Thanks again to Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman for joining us, getting ready for next week at the garden. Coming up, our national perspective takes a look at the landscape around college basketball, including the Big East heading straight toward the dance. That's coming up next this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the National Perspective.
0: The National Perspective. Robinson Earl spins into the lane. His shot is good. He is having a night. He's got six points, five boards, and a couple of athletic moves. Creighton's going to call timeout again with an even three minutes to go here in the half. But no one over right now enjoying their largest lead of the game. Welcome back to
1: This Week of the Big East. Villanova's run of dominance since the Big East reconfigured itself in 2013 is, well, largely unprecedented. Harkens back to the days of the runs by great teams of Big East past, Georgetown, St. John's, Syracuse, and the like. But should we have expected this from Nova? Longtime New York and Philadelphia sports writer Dick Hoops Weiss knows about these Wildcats, knows about Jay Wright perhaps as well as anyone. He joins us this week in the Big East. Hoops, when did you first get the idea that Villanova could take off like it has? Was
5: there a, a singular moment maybe you witnessed? Well, I I I really thought that the chemistry on this team were, had a chance to be exceptional. It's not a team that has a true shot blocker or rim protector, but it's got multiple players who can uh, – establish themselves in Jay Wright's system and, and, and be productive. I mean, you have at least uh, four, possibly five players capable of scoring in double figures at, at any particular time. I obviously Colin Gillespie and uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl have gotten most of the credit for the success of this team. They're both finalists for major awards from the hall of fame. But, mm-hmm. uh, and they have gotten really good effort for the most part out of uh, Jermaine Samuels, who I thought could have been a player that hurt him them if he didn't score the basketball. But he went he went like five games where he averaged close to 17, and Moore played his best game of the season last night against Creighton.
2: Oops, I think what you're saying is they have a lot of answers. That's not a surprise at they Villanova, do. but but their number one answer is Gillespie, uh, clearly injured his knee in that Creighton win. We're all you know hoping for the best when when he gets the MRI and see what his status is going forward. The question is, what do you think the committee will look at? Uh, Villanova's body of work, or maybe this little tiny window where Villanova might only play you know its last regular season game and and just maybe one, two, hopefully three or more in the Big East tournament.
5: Well, I think that they had started to drop after the loss to Butler. Uh, they're a three seed. Uh, I kind of think that's where they'll end up. But I mean, the committee's different. It. Uh, I hope it uses the eye test more than just that that crazy NCA net that has colgate as right as number nine right uh right. when they when when they pick these teams but uh i do think villanova is a different team without Gillespie. and uh if they let uh, you know team the committee in the past has made phone calls to find out if specific players will be Healthy enough to play before they before they put out a final number uh, with with seating. I I think I think you could hurt Villanova. I think you know if he doesn't play, they may drop They may drop a number. They either that or they're going to be the lowest ranked three, no matter what happens. They, they're going to get credit for winning the Big East. But I think, I think the committee is going to have to look and see how they play in the Big East tournament. It's not the same team. Now, I'm not sure how wide open this tournament is or not, but I know one thing. If they have to go an entire game against Creighton, which has been the one team that matches up best against them, it could be a difficult thing. Fortunately, they're on the opposite side of the bracket. But, you know, I mean, they're going to have to win games. Yeah. Let,
1: let's go the other direction then. Hoops Weiss joining us here this week, in the Big East. So uh, Villanova's misfortune, could it be somebody else's good fortune perhaps next week? And help
5: trying to get them in the tournament. Could be. Uh, I'm not sure how many teams get in the tournament from this. I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a particularly good league this year relative to what it has been. it it's a fluid league, it's a competitive league. Teams at the bottom are winning at home. Uh but I wouldn't have expected Providence to be 12 and 12. I wouldn't have expected Marquette to be 12 and 13 this time of year. I wouldn't have expected a number of teams to be going into the big East tournament on losing streaks. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is the type of year where St. John's can get hot if Posh Alexander is healthy again. And, uh, do some, do enough damage. They're 15 and 10 now. Uh, maybe they can do enough damage to uh, get in the tournament. Look, I think Villanova, Creighton, and Yukon are all getting in. And then a lot could depend on how, who plays well in the tournament. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, right now, Seton Hall is uh, fourth in the league, but they've got eight losses. So, I mean, you have an awful lot of teams that are struggling to get over the 500 record in league play. I mean, Xavier, a lot of people talk about Xavier. Well, they're their last four in, last time I checked with Bracketology, and their overall record is six and six in league play. So, you know. I think I think a lot will depend on what happens in the garden. So, from that standpoint, it may be good for a lot of these teams that they they can make a la- one last statement if they can get deep into the tournament.
2: You take the big dog out of the uh, out of the barn and open it up for a Seton Hall or a St. John's or or yep. a Xavier or or a Providence. I mean, Providence has been maybe the toughest team to figure in the league. You know, two of the top ten guys in the league in, in David Duke and Nate Watson and yet they just can't get a winning streak going
5: and, and they're going in to to the tournament struggling a little bit. I mean, when I look at their personnel, I mean, they have two seniors, they have two juniors, but the, but it doesn't all it's not always reflected in the non-conference losses to teams like Indiana and Alabama and in the, in in the way that they played through the season they go through a lot of stretches where they have droughts and they lose games and they lose, and they lose multiple games in a row. Uh, they're not without, they're not without talent. Kevin, you I mean, you and John see him as much as anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, you would think with Watson, that, I mean, Duke is going to be a number one pick. Uh, you, you see him with Watson. You figure that those guys can give you 45 points in any given night. If they, if they're playing well, I've also seen Duke go off the rails, but I mean, if they play well, I mean, those two guys are dangerous players. Plus they had, they can go seven or eight players that you right. can put into a game and can contribute. Oops! You
1: know, if not Providence, then who do you like as a potential sleeper pick for next week in New York?
5: I don't know there's a sleeper pick, uh, that can win three or four games, right? Um, you know, Connecticut goes to the garden. It always turns into a home court for them. They're not a great shooting team, which I find interesting. And Boatwright, who is their best player, is not a great three-point shooter. But they seem to have found uh, a cohesive lineup at the end of the year. Thanks to Blue Star
1: Media's Dick Hoops Weiss for joining us. Who's got next? Crunch time is here. There's no turning back. There's a tournament bracket to fill out, and we'll look at it next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next? This week in
0: the Big East. Who's got next? This week in the Big East. Top of the key to Freeman, Hands it to Kunkel. Drives down the lane. Hangs, shoots, kicks to the corner. Paul Scruggs with it. Fakes. Top of the key. Shot clock down to two. Game shot. Oh! Shots on the way. And, and it's good by Colby yow! Jones. Xavier leads 74-73.
1: Ice in his veins. John Rugg, Kevin McNamara, this week in the Big East. There's only one weekend, one day's worth of games left on the schedule. It'll be a busy Saturday with no question about that one. And overall, well, you have to look at the way that you've got three teams fighting for two spots and a potential buy in the tournament next week at Madison Square Garden. Kevin, that's kind of how I look at the
2: uh, the final Saturday of the regular season. John, I don't think anyone wants to face four games in four days. So Seton Hall, Xavier, and St. John's are all potentially still in the race for the five buys. Very important uh, case because, you know, you just don't want to have to play four games in four days. Really difficult situation.
1: No question. So
2: the matchups are all great. DePaul is the only uh, team that isn't playing
1: this Saturday. Georgetown plays at UConn. Great chance for the Hoyas to match uh, some of their hot play of late. Villanova plays at Providence. Wonder how seriously Villanova, you know, uh, comes to play uh, simply because they may beat without Colin Gillespie and they've already clinched the regular season championship. Butler goes to Creighton. Can Creighton continue to bounce back with controversy around the program? Seton Hall and St. John's, two teams extraordinarily desperate desperate for wins right now and Xavier yeah they're in that category too and Marquette is at home against the Musketeers.
2: John we'll wrap up with some Villanova discussion we, we let off with them congratulations on a regular season championship what will the NCAA tournament committee think of Villanova without Colin Gillespie maybe that tiny resume starts with their game at Providence Saturday I think the last thing Jay Wright would like to see is maybe a loss at Providence and an early loss in the Big East tournament would cloud what Villanova is looking like on selection Sunday. You know, we saw even this last week and a lot of the projections where Villanova slipped from a two to a three, could they fall even further than that? I think they could, you know, uh, again, depends on the last, if they can get into the Big East semis at a minimum, I wouldn't touch them. I think their body of work speaks for itself. That said, if they're, you know, one and one with an early loss or go oh and two in their next two games Mm -hmm. i think it would be legitimately a little confusing for the tournament committee and kev clearly the big east is on the precipice of you know maybe
1: five teams in the league you know getting into the tournament and maybe only three teams it depends on seton hall st john's and xavier down the stretch as we talked earlier all have legitimate aspirations all have opportunities this week
2: No, John, when we wrap up with our last show next week, hopefully we can say that the Big East is looking better than three guaranteed spots. That's the case as we speak. Uh, I think this is a deeper league than that. Uh, Whether those teams deserve it and can merit it, obviously happens, you know, what happens around the rest of the country is really important. But also, Seton Hall and Xavier, especially, have their fate in their own hands. They need to go out and win some games. Our thanks this week to Marquette
1: Steve Wojciechowski. Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman and Blue Star Media's Dick Hoops Weiss for joining us. Thanks, as always, to our flagship radio station for the broadcast and highlight assistance. Thanks to our producer, Kevin Collins, executive producer, John Paquette. Thanks to the coaches and administrators at all 11 Big East member institutions. For Kevin McNamara, I'm John Rook. Our Twitter handles, at Broadcaster at Kevin McNamara 33 Use that hashtag, #TwitBe for questions. We'll join you again here, same time, next week for This Week in the Big East. Thanks for
0: listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of
1: This Week in the Big East.